Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Five stories of heroic humans saving people. Number three is our favorite. Number five, human saves dumbass tourist who's in over his head. Written by Hal's Kitchen Sink. Earth. He was on Earth. The very thought of it sent a thrill through his notochord and ran along the length of Kutuk's body. His danglers tinkled softly with the emotions, prepared to release his spawn in case some predator were to rip him apart. Of course, it'd be pointless considering he wasn't in water at the moment, as well as hugely rude, but it gave him quite the thrill anyway. The sheer recklessness of it, the world of the giant super predators like the sperm whale, the horse, the condor... The world where icy bullets rained down from the sky and great gouts of magma erupted from the ground. Where life existed in a biological arms race, fearsome and terrible, where only the strongest survived. It turned its digestive tract into a coiled knot, but it was well worth it. All to get a chance to see the humans in their natural environment, the Irish pub. He loved humans, human memes were what got him through most days, his sight of humans dancing and ASMR videos of humans speaking. A large human with a bushy red hair stood at the door, giving him occasional concerned looks. The smell of ethanol filled the air, sharp and intense. He'd once tried the beer on the bed, and he had been crippled by a massive headache for the next week. He didn't see the appeal, but the humans were adorable when they guzzled the stuff down. A pair of tall, broadly muscled humanoids talked in the booth nearby, their voices low and rumbling, sounding exactly like Giltuk's pet's Ralmarar when he begged for treats. He fished out a camera and took a picture. The two humans stared as the flash went off, stiffening and turning sharply towards him. He bobbed his tentacles contrarily. Oh, I'm sorry, humans. I forgot I had a flash on. Can I get you a drink to apologize? They turned away from him, rumbling in low and glacial tones. The curious dialect that Galrod had heard described as Boston accent. He tried to suppress a shiver of ecstatic green in his skin at the adorability of the sounds and smiled up at the bartender. I would like to try one of your salted lime peanuts, please. The bartender slowly nodded and slid over a large ceramic dish. A single peanut sat in the dish, and Gulzik's hand exuded in a sharp scent of salt and hydrogen ions. He carefully lifted the peanut, and he had been shown, tossed it into his gullet and one smooth movement, not making the amateur's mistake of chewing on it with his beak. He coughed as several times, but smiled up at the concerned bartender. Smooth! May I have another... Well, you know, I don't want you to do anything you're gonna regret, said the bartender, an eyebrow raised quizzically. Gekulzid's body flashed a chastised purple. No, I suppose you're right. I wouldn't want to go over and indulge. Thank you, though. 
He placed the 888 credit note on the table. It was a full day's pay at his administrative position in the Human Preservation Fund, but it seemed a very worthy use of his money. A round of drinks for the bar and keep the change, my good human. The alien stiffened and he noticed and got somewhat unsteadily down off the stool. Tentacles knotted into tight bands of muscles to keep himself upright. He approached the door and the massive bouncer stepped forward. The man had no hair on the top of his head, which made the proud rough bright red around his skull all the more impressive. Two bushy strips above his eyebrows gave him a charmingly guileless appearance, like the wide eyes of an infant. His jaw was surrounded by hair that looked almost like a fire, giving him an amusingly jowly look, which added to the image of a domestic adorability. The massive muscle bounding in his forearms and chest increased and resembled to one of his friendly beasts of burden the Galzax's home, and the alien had to resist the urge to offer him a glucose cube. You're right there, buddy. You want me to call you a cab or something? Boston isn't the safest neighborhood at night for aliens. Oh, Glecklenex chuckled. But I came here for a full experience. I've worked quite a lot with humans, you know. I'm with Preservation Fund. I should just be fine. Thank you for the offer, though. He reached up and paused for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry, I almost forgot. He reached into his pouch, withdrawing a 16-credit note. Ah, is this an appropriate amount to tip? You don't tip, the man frowned, looking from side to side. Look, you really shouldn't flash cash around like that. Ah, yeah, please take it. Echolexus slipped the note into the big human's hand and traipsed past him, and salt in the peanut already making him slightly unsteady on his feet. The town was quite chilly. Temper variances on Earth were downright savage. The axial tilt and the ferocious wind currents reducing a vast panoply of intense weather conditions. It wasn't so much the intensity of any one condition, but how frequently they changed. Humans barely ever had a chance to relax. Tonight, thankfully, was just around his comfortable temperature, keeping him from needing a personal thermal regulator. He choked himself as he continued walking through the town, towards the hotel where he was staying. Hey, patron! Gackletax turned around. Two humans were approaching him. The external covers were recognizable, the same ones as the two men who had taken offense to the picture taking in the bar. Oh, gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed your drinks. You think we're cute, huh? The man said as the other man slowly walked a circle around Gackletax. His eyes swirling as the sockets as the man moved. It was rather curious. The gate was almost like one stalking amphibians in his home world. He turned a nervous shade of teal and tried to defuse the situation. Well, uh, I quite admire humans, really. For all the difficulties you face in your earth, you're very, uh, noble creatures. I work with the preservation fund, you know. The human behind him took out a small cylinder. A slender, gleaming piece of steel appeared from its tip. It looked very sharp. I still think we're cute, asked one in front. His teeth gleamed in a wan light from one of the nearby street lamps. It was a very predatory expression. Echolexus realized. I, uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I have offended you. I certainly did not intend that. If you wish, I can hand over my credits. I'm sure you need it more than I. I really am sorry. Arrogant fricking patron. Spat the man in front. You're not sorry. You're afraid. You don't know what it means to be sorry. He took a step closer, grinning. But don't worry. We're going to teach you. 
Gecko Lexus dangles detached. Then there was a flash of red hair in the darkness. The big human bouncer barreled out of the night and caught the human in front of Gecko Lexus. There was a heavy thud of impact as one man was slammed full tilt into the wall with a force that would have turned the alien to a smear of jelly and viscera. To his surprise, the smaller human was still fighting, struggling and kicking furiously at the bigger human, until a fist the size of Gekalexis torso slammed into his stomach, knocking the wind out of him. The big human turned towards the other, hands up and open in what Gekalexis took to have sworn to be a considerate gesture, as the struck human collapsed onto the pavement. All right, Brian, put the knife down. You and your brother have had a bit too much to drink. Decided to act like big tough guys to the nice Zeno. How about you go sleep it off and this doesn't need to get any uglier? The other human narrowed his eyes, but there was obvious weariness in his stance. Freaking house pet, he spat at the bouncer. There was a heavy crunch as the bouncer's fist broke the knife-wielding human's nose. The cartridge flattened, the bone shattered. The blood was streaming down the bouncer's knuckles as a small human dropped to the ground in a bubbling heap. Thank you said Gacolexus, sagging with gratitude. Oh, I must have said something wrong. Did I insult the patriots? I was warned to be very careful about that. But they were saying something about patrons. No, no, the bouncer said. You just injured their pride. Some people are like that, he frowned, waving his hand. His knuckles torn and bloody. I'll walk you home, all right. I'm Murphy. Thank you, Murphy. I'm Gacolexus. I wound their pride. Did I use the wrong honorifics? No, just, uh... Murphy looked at Gekolexus. A lot of humans don't like being treated like they're cute. But you are cute, said Gekolexus. I thought, I mean, uh, your governments don't complain about it. Yeah, it's... The man was quiet for a moment, and Gekolex started to walk towards the hotel, the human following close behind. Cute things are weak, weak things get hurt, things that look weak are targets. A lot of humans don't like when aliens call them cute. We think it's an implied threat. Well, in nature, of course, I understand that being vulnerable is dangerous when there is a scarcity of resources, but it's quite valuable when there is plenty and encourages support and friendliness. You are valued for your charisma. Surely that can only be a positive. It's not, uh, it's not tough, you know. It's embarrassing. Some people take kind of hard, like they're being patronized. Politicians like it because it gets them free things. I'm sorry, said Gekolex. He's skin a radiant, honest vermilion. We really just want to help. Sapiens is a difficult enough task without other sapiens making it harder. You humans live such difficult lives on your hostile world. We want to help however we can. You have empathy. You know how it is, don't you? Murphy was quiet for a moment and smiled at Gekoltex. Well, yeah, I saved your butt, didn't I? And I am very grateful for it, said Gekolex. Does it make you feel slighted for me to think that you're cute? Murphy paused for a moment, and his cheeks were slightly flushed. Honestly, not really. I was always kind of a wimpy kid, you know. I liked spending time with my mom, knitting, and that kind of thing. I always wanted people to like me, but, well... He waved a hand at himself. I gotta scare other humans, but I never wanted to, you know. Gekolex looked behind him, where the two unconscious men lay crumbled heaps. I see, the alien said, its skin now set to a neutral grey. Well, a guy's gotta make a living, and if you gotta fight, you should be good at it. But I don't mind aliens calling me cute. No, 
I know they're coming from a decent place, and the ones that want to exploit us are outnumbered by the ones that genuinely want to help us. Kind of restores one's faith in, well, not humanity, obviously, but life at least. Murphy looked as sconce at Gackledex. I'm never wearing one of those collars, though. They're not collars, they're identifiers. They prove you're sapient. It's an exact opposite of a collar. Gekolak sagged for a bit. It isn't meant to be mean or mocking. Yeah, like I said, you mean well. That's worth a lot, even if you do tend to underestimate how dangerous we are. It's funny, said Gekolak, to hear you talk about wanting to be dangerous. It's what I expect from a Prishan or a Quadian, some mad race of brutal warriors. Hearing and coming from you sounds so incongruous. It's actually even cuter than just being endearing. He paused for a moment. Do you think it'll be a problem? Nah, said Murphy. It'll work out at the end, I think. People will get over it and start to get along, once people get used to it anyway. Is there anything that I can do to thank you? Asked Gekolex. There was a long pause in the conversation as they walked, the human's brow furrowing, making the shiny top of his head wrinkle adorably. I always wanted to go off-world, never could afford it, and I didn't want to go domestic, or something like that. Acting like some pampered house pet, he spat on the ground, and the resemble to one of the beasts of burden only increased. It would involve a lot of petting on the head, cautioned Gekolex, and there may be some cooing involved. I can deal with that. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.